Good Friday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by Blue Water Climate Control. Be sure and check them out at BlueWaterClimateControl.com or check them out on Twitter at BlueH2O underscore climate. BlueH2O underscore climate. You can contact them at 865-299-2290. And we'll tell you more about Blue Water Climate Control a little bit later in the podcast. And as we do each and every week, we thank you and thank them for sponsoring and thank you for joining us. With Rob Lewis, Jesse Simonton, and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Let's dive into it, guys, a little bit into, uh, let's start in the recruiting world of things right now. Quickly, um, anything new on Zach Evans? I'm so, let me say this. I'm, no, don't laugh. I'm surprised we haven't had a rumor every day. You know, because, I mean, it was one of those deals he was signing, you know, every day. I'm sorry, or something I, I, there hasn't day. been a tweet this week about his impending, that he's going to sign tomorrow, he's going to sign tomorrow. Or he's going to show up somewhere tomorrow. It's kind of died down a little from bit. Somebody Are you surprised it's died down? Uh, yeah. No, no, I'm not surprised it's died down. I'm surprised that there, there still haven't been rumors, though. Like, like the, well, I guess that's what I meant by the, died down. Yeah, the legitimacy of... You know all that stuff. You know, I mean, how many, how many, how many like media guys last week were? Oh, that's what's going to happen. Oh, that's what's going to happen. I mean, it, it, you know, I, you just you knew that it wasn't going to have anything that was going to happen till till March. I mean, the kid wants to take this visit. This whole notion that he may like sign some type of you know financial aid or whatever with uh, Ole Miss or whoever, you know, it just was not correct. And so, I mean, he's going to you know continue to train. That's why he's been boxing. You know, well, he's been hanging out with Buck. Been, box, getting, been boxing in Nashville. Getting getting ready. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he'll take the visit in March. And at that point, I do think he'll try to work towards a decision uh, fairly, you know, in swift manner. I don't think, like, he's going to, like, visit the first weekend as soon as it's open, and then he's going to come to a decision two days later. But I think by first, second week of April, I think he'll know where he's going to go. Right. And I think there'll be some type of decision. All right, two questions. One, is the official visit for sure to Florida or somebody else, some other schools? And I know he's all over the map, so it's pure speculation here. Do you think that's going to be Florida for the visit? I do think it'll be Florida, but I don't discount Oregon. Okay. And, and then who knows who else takes a swing here. I don't think anybody else in this league will take a swing. I think ultimately it might be somebody from outside this league. Um, that goes down that path. But, but Florida seems most Florida likely. Florida seems the most likely for that fifth visit. And, you know, again, if you're Tennessee, would you rather even go to Florida or Ole Miss? I think you'd rather even go to Ole Miss because you play Florida every year. You would have to play Ole Miss his sophomore year maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, second question. Chances he takes unofficial visits in addition to the official visit. Or do you think it's the official visit, work towards a decision, or is this going to be a guy who you're going to hear about he showed up at – practice at Texas A&M, he showed up at Ole Miss's spring practice, showed up at Tennessee's spring practice. I'm not going to begin to know that. Okay. I, I think that's, you know. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Okay. I, it, again, he could decide after he takes the visit to show down two days later. I don't think that'll be that quick. Um, but with him, you just never know. And he could also, as you said, show up unofficially. You know, if he's going to continue to train in Nashville, he takes the official visit to Florida, how easy is it to roll over to Ole Miss, roll over to Knoxville, or wherever for an unofficial visit when you're two and a half, three hours away from those schools at the time? Yeah, so that could be a possibility in the springtime as well. All right, Jesse, you had the piece um, earlier about Tennessee's needs in this class. Working off, I guess, what are we going to work off now? We, are, we, are we to the official point you're going to work off the number like 23 that coaches are all going to – I know Jeremy Pruitt wouldn't say that on signing day, but – I think we all agree coaches are kind of looking at banking one for possible transfers out there, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. When, when you, Always. When you, I mean, I think, you I mean, have I think to in this day and age. I, I and so. I think I've said it before. I think it's smart. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think, good business. Yeah, I think it's good business. You, you, you bank one, maybe two each year that 
for a guy that you believe is going to be able to come in and contribute immediately, and then you fill out you know your remaining needs. To me, it's pretty clear. I mean, I you know I had the piece. I think defensive line. I know they did a nice job, you know, adding some guys this cycle, but you're going to lose seven veterans after the 2020 season. Um, you know, some play more than others, but yeah, these are a lot of a lot of names that Tennessee fans have become become or gotten to know, especially after last season with the rotation so deep. So they're going to have to really reload at the defensive line, and that one's going to be interesting because Georgia's a little bit down in terms of prospects in the Peach State at that position in 2021. So you've seen Tennessee really go after uh, North Carolina, which obviously you're going against Clemson and Georgia and you know Ohio State and some other schools there. Uh, AP, it's clear they need a pass rusher, at least two in my opinion, maybe three at that outside linebacker spot. I think it's kind of they, dependent they, on... They need one now. They need one now. <laughs> but if they, in this class, you know, you, 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 you're going to need, because you're going to lose DeAndre, he's going to be off the roster. No matter what, if Jordan Allen has given you or not given you any snaps, he's a body that technically is on the depth chart there. He will which, be off the roster. Which is why you've got to take advantage of the relationships that you've already started to establish. And, and the guys that have some really hard mutual interest in you, like Damian Robinson, like Trevally Price, um, you know. Any uh, relation? No. Uh, <laughs> not to my knowledge. Um, well, and what do you see a guy like Junior Colson? Yeah. Where he, you know, Jeremiah Williams. I mean, they, they, they've actually done a nice job at that spot. Dylan Brooks, I think, counts for that. You know, but I, I think he's going to end up at Alabama or Auburn. But, but they've the gotten him is, on is campus got, a million times. You've, you've got a, a solid group of guys that have some interest in you. For and, sure. And, and, and you've got to close. I'm, I think what you're saying, I didn't mean to interrupt you, is their board at that position right now looks deeper than it's looked the last couple of years, yeah. even in the early part. I mean, I know they got a bunch of good kids on campus last year for unofficial visits and during the springtime, but they didn't get a ton of, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't get a ton of edge guys in. That was not a position of strength and numbers that they got on campus. Or they just, had, or they never had, I mean, I put this in the piece. They did, they, there was tons of guys they never had any traction with. The Tim Williamses and the, you know, Mikel Shermans, those guys went off um, to, you know, major programs. They, they, ha- they hosted Karat Williams for an official visit, but, I mean, like, he never seriously considered Tennessee. That was all, that, you know, he was an Ohio State lean. Zarkevious Walker, Phillip Webb, you know, other guys that ended up in the SEC. To AP's point, I mean, they have gotten uh, – uh, uh, that, that board is fairly long right now at that spot, and they need to take advantage, whether it's, again, in-state with Junior Colson or out-of-state, you know, when some of the surrounding uh, hotbeds, you know, around Tennessee. And back to the defensive line, Pennington is huge. When you talk about, look, seven guys leaving. This state a year ago was deep in big bodies. This class not Pretty deep thin. in big, bo- big it, it bodies. It seems like there's a real He's rotation right. on that. I mean, like you go back to 17. Cycles. It was Amari, T. Skill. Skill guys. Uh, the kid that went to LSU from Oakland, uh, Jacoby Stevens. A lot of skill guys. Then 18, you had Cade. The, the linemen across the state. No, grand. some of those guys flamed out. But, I mean, the point is there was a lot of big bodies. Emerson, uh, and, of course, I thought about the Littaker flamed out. And then What, Obina's uh, played for Memphis? Obina, I mean, yeah, yeah. And then there's another big body. Then you go to 19, you know, skill again, 20, big, big bodies. Body. Now back to 21, we're back to more skill. Um, and just it, there are a couple of big bodies, like William Griffin, and, and of course, as you said, Dedrick Pennington. But two priorities for Tennessee. Yeah, but Javon there's, Nelson. there's not like this. Yeah, Javon Nelson's another one. But there's not a 
a whole list. Like right. this past year, man, look how many. The, that was like six the, or seven. You got, I mean, you, you were, you know, Tennessee you, did well and didn't take everybody in state. You landed Tyler Barron. You landed um, Omari Thomas. You landed Cooper Mays. You landed, you know, some bigger bodies in this class. And but even you, then, but Tuck, then you still you lost out on Jay Hardy. You know, Ripka, Ripka went to Kentucky. Tuck went to Clemson. Tuck went to Clemson. The dude who went to A and M. But yeah, but another big body. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, kid who went to A and M. Yeah, the kid who went to A and M. Um, Dallas Walker. Yeah. So I mean, given that it's a, a lighter year, I mean, Griffin and Pennington are huge priorities. Yeah, for because you've got to take advantage of the kids that are in your state. When you, yeah, I mean, and, you know, and you've worked really hard on your relationships in the state. You had a good year last year in state. You got you've got a you've got to continue to build on that. So those two guys are, are real priorities. What, what do you think is the other priority? I mean, obviously defensive line. When you talk about the offensive side of the ball, Jesse, I mean they took a bunch of receivers in this class. I think I think you take a stud running back every year if you can if you can get one of those. So I always think that's a given. But I think that I you know I think that needs to be highlighted. That's what they they it's time for if Tennessee's really going to ascend. That's kind of the one of the next steps that needs to happen. That's on that, the that's one hundred percent what I think on the yeah. offensive side. Right, I mean, yeah. like you say, I mean it's not that's a no brainer every year. But but you got to start signing. But they, but they haven't got that war daddy, if you will. You got to get Cody Brown, Travion Henderson. You got to get one of these guys that you've been able to get to campus, Henderson. Was here in November for a game. He's going to be a dogfight out of, you know, he, the 30, 38th offer, you know, AG, 2G, or whatever. How long has it been got. since Tennessee's had a stud NFL running back? Not a guy that played in NFL, well, a French guy. I mean, a stud NFL. Well, but I mean, you got to I mean, Hurd, Hurd would have been to me. I mean, he, mm. um, yeah, but he almost became head, head, he, head case. Yeah, not, but, a stud, but, not a stud but, NFL but, running back. No, he didn't turn out to be. But, I mean, but Alvin. But in terms of going and getting a top a, end a guy, Hurd was a top, top end guy. guy. Yeah, I mean, it's a fi- he was he was a, a five. He was a five star. Yeah, yeah, totally, he was. But he was and, he and, and almost became your your career rushing leader in two years and seven or eight games. Yeah. I mean, well, and I mean, kind of. And Tennessee was five and zero and ranking the top ten. Right. Yeah. So that would be before he well, lost and his I think, I, and, and I put this in the piece. I <laughs> now, think part of the reason I think part right. of the reason it's so imperative that Tennessee lands a stud in twenty one is that hypothetically, what if Eric Gray is the guy that was played like he was the last two games of the season? He's looking pretty damn good, but he'll be a junior in twenty twenty one when that person rolls in, and if he's as good as Tennessee fans. And Tennessee staff hope he's going to be. That's his last season in Knoxville. Yeah, because he's he's an older, anyways. I mean, he 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 was an older kid when he got. But it here, be, I mean, it just it it is. If you're worth, if you're a two, running, look, if you're yeah. a running back and you can go after you, yeah. go. you, you bull. You, you there's it, there it is, is no reason you take no. Stay and so the, and, and that's why I think and that's hits. why I think it's yeah. even more imperative that they land a quote unquote dude. And yeah. Alvin was a, Alvin was a dude, and Butch didn't know it. Apparently. Couldn't see past the gold grill right in front of his or face. Couldn't see past whatever promises he made to San Francisco's wide receiver that didn't play this year. <laughs> What's amazing about that is they didn't play both of them together. I think that's the thing that's crazy. In this day and age where it's about, and I don't want to go down that revision history road, but in this day and age where it's get your playmakers, get your, you know, get those guys on the field, not playing those two on the field at the same time is – you know, it is and for the same reason, I I, I I think corner is a huge need in this is, because in this of where Alante is going to be, where Bryce Thompson is going to be. In, in, in you're going to lose age. Kenneth George. You're right. going to lose. You're going to lose Shamberger. You I mean, these are guys that play. You, well, and and look, where, where's where's Burrell after you know after year one? I mean, he will be you know further down, but I mean, 
you know, where's he at? How good do, do we think he really can be or, or will be in this program? And you already sort of moved Fields to safety. You know, that was a guy that was technically came in as a corner, but you already yeah. moved. You know, so. Kenny Solomon to come. I mean, you, you, yeah, you'll have some you'll have some depth questions there. I mean, that's the thing that you learn about college football. Every time you you think you're deep, then you blink and you're not deep at that spot anymore. That's why you gotta you gotta. Keep that's cycling why the through. cycle is recruit well every year. You oh can't yeah, recruit have a great year and a down year. You've got to have. You know, that's, I mean, the offensive line, they're going to be a, a purported strength, and it should be a strength for Tennessee this season. And yet, if, if Cade Mays gets the waiver, the likelihood is he plays one season in Knoxville, Trey comes off the board, you lose your starting center, and your two blue-chip offensive lackers are going into their junior yeah. year. So, I mean, I mean, you blink and it happens quickly. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, that's the challenge. why recruiting is a lifeblood and why, why it's so – important for Tennessee. I know that they can't, you know, kids can't be on campus, Austin, and uh, coaches can't be on the road, obviously, or anything like that. But it does sound like um, Jay Graham and some of these guys are, are, are hitting the ground running in terms of contacts with kids and, and visiting with kids and talking to kids and, 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 and building there. And, and I'm talking about Shelton Felton and some of these guys, Joe Osavat, these newer guys on there. Sounds like Jay's done quite a bit of work, I guess, in North Carolina already just in terms of, of hey i'm jay graham i'll be to see you as soon as they let me back out on the road you know yeah we well and, and also coaches in general are trying to get kids in here for the march 7th uh tennessee basketball game is that the auburn game rob i believe that is, I believe last, that saturday. Is the, last saturday the last auburn saturday game. Regular season. they're gonna have a try to have a big junior day that day because falls could use them yeah. In the stands or in on the, the court? Maybe on the court. <laughs> Go ahead. Malachi Wadman's showing up early. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of these coaches are, you know, trying to work towards getting these kids in here for that weekend. Um, you know, Jay's trying to get a lot of kids in here from the state of North Carolina, and, and, and you know, we know how important that state is. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's wise on everybody's part to, you know, try to make that as big of an event as you can and try to get the best players in here as you can because it will be a really good atmosphere as, as you know, Bruce rolls in here for the final regular season game, and it'll be senior day. Um, are they having seniors? I don't think they have any seniors. They've got Jordan Bowden. Oh, that's right. you got to do something Bowden. with Jordan Bowden. That's right. Look, we'll get to him in a minute. But he, some he's going to rebound it. You going to do Jacob Fleshman like that? Sorry, come on. Um, <laughs> you used to boy like He should have. I just, I can't. You just back to you just back to talk about Jordan. Jordan I mean, how many times yeah. you have him on high school heroes? <laughs> All right, so too many. So let's let's go <clears throat> go back here a little bit. So we got you got Jay Graham working North Carolina. And here's the other thing: they kind of repositioned some 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 shifted some areas. So well, like, that's where I was going to go next. So go ahead. You know, I mean, like in Memphis now, I think Da will kind of be in there in spot duty, okay. uh, but I think you'll see Teefs swing over to. To Memphis more and and be the area recruiter there. I think Brian Niedermeyer will be in the state of Tennessee um, more. Teal still have Nashville. Um, Who's going to get Chattanooga? I think that'll be Niedermeyer. I think he he'll really? get shares on over Shelton Felton. Yes, okay. I think that's. And gonna Felton's going to get. I think he's going to get Georgia. Georgia, South Georgia. I don't know that I'll ever call him Coach Felton. He may just always be Shelton Felton. It sounds too good. It just he just it may always be Shelton Felton. Good. So you think he's going to get Georgia, a, a bigger hand, a mostly mostly Georgia? Right? Yes, I do. And then, and then uh, Jay will get South Carolina and North Carolina. No, I think and Virginia. No, I think Jay's going to get most of North Carolina. Winky will still be in Charlotte, some Drake May and such, and then Virginia. Okay. Wow. I didn't know if that you know Jay being having some days in South Carolina if he was going to work some in the state of South Carolina too. Yeah, anyway. and he may. I just don't right. know that. Yeah, I don't point. know that. And I don't know where Jimmy Brumball is going to go. I don't know where his area that he's recruited the most 
when he was at Kentucky. Another Alabama boy. You know, <laughs> Jimmy Brumbaugh and Sheldon Feldman. That's two great names. It, it, and then on the um, on the on the recruiting side of things, in terms of with, with the departure of Drew Hughes, anything there? As far as who's going to replace him? Yeah, or just how, they, how you I, think they're going to structure I, things? I, I would venture to say that, that Danny Stiff, who was the number two under Drew, takes a greater significant role. Um, and uh, so I would venture to say that Danny has a good chance to be promoted and then they hire someone to help him um, okay. in, into that role. Danny, Danny's the kind of guy that's rose up the ranks and is a guy that's Are, a big are you not in the guy. mix? I'm not in the mix. Consulting. We need to, we need to shoot Consulting that one. We need to shoot that one down. A, a, AP doesn't grind enough tape for that. We need to, we need to shoot that one down. Austin, Austin's too valuable out there playing that uncle. Robbie. What about Paul Fortenberry? Any chance? Um, any, any chance Jeremy brings him home? No, I don't think any chance Paul comes back. Paul's too busy over there uh, at Clayton and hanging out. Shout out. Taking the private jet. Shout out to the beast. Doing whatever. Doing whatever he wants to do. All right, let's jump to the to the to the football team. Um, th- this week has been coaches. You know, in the morning workouts and everything else, it's really, you know, for a lot of guys, Rob, this week's about getting to know your new guy. I mean, you know, I mean, all these defensive linemen found out on Monday that they got a new coach that, that they're they're um, that's going to be coaching them, and same for outside linebackers. And so this is really the first week that these coaches, even you know, Niedermeyer and those guys, have had a chance to work with with the guys in front of them. They cannot work with the football, but they can be out there in in the winter workout stuff and. You know, I keep looking at it with the guy like Quaverius Crouch out, J.J. Peterson. I don't want to say you're on the clock, but you've never had a greater opportunity. you got to think it's now or never, right? But this is the best opportunity he's, I mean, he's had gonna have, he's, he's going to have all the reps he can stand in spring practice. I mean, he's – I mean, the freshman year was was just a just a wash. I mean, he showed up late, and he was very obviously not in shape. And, but with the depth problems last year, the fact that he couldn't you know, carve out a little niche for himself, that was – you know, that was – sorry flashing the warning signs, warning signals, but – so now, I mean, again, if he if he doesn't make a name for himself in spring and, and leave the impression with the coaching staff that he could help, I mean, it's I mean, I don't. Want, yeah, he's a guy. I don't want to push the you, pan, you, panic. He's button. a guy you don't want to you you may not want to put too much on his plate. But when he was a recruit, he was talked about as being this Jeremy's favorite, you know, four by four linebacker, a guy who could play all four positions, all four downs. With Tennessee's just utter lack of options, uh, or at least desirable options at outside linebacker. If if the light doesn't turn on at some point, I would put them outside and say, go get them. You yeah. know, I mean. Yeah, see ball, hit ball. Yeah. Sick it a little bit. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think how he does and he's not, he doesn't. he's not prototypical, but neither is Crouch necessarily, right. you know, for that spot. Or Roman so, Harris. Or Roman yeah, Harris. Roman from Harris. A, from a so, body type. So, uh Big spring. Just for throwing him. that out there. It's yeah. kind of an idea. Huge opportunity for him. I think it's a huge opportunity for Jameer Johnson. You know, we, we talked about that a little bit on the podcast. Give me somebody else that maybe it's not not just about huge opportunity. Give me somebody else that's going to generate. You think it's going to generate some buzz here between now and the start of spring? That everybody's you know. The, I mean, we, now that coaches have been with him for a week or two, we're going to start to hear. So you know, you start to leak out. You know who. Who's having a good winner? Who they like? This, that, the other. I mean, we've talked got? about him, and I mean, I think because of the position, the needs there. I think D'Angelo Gibbs is going to be a guy that I don't know if he's going to generate buzz. But I'm saying he, that's a guy that's going to have a chance to. Well, that's the, yeah, be I mean, a dude. That's the guy on offense everybody's going to want to see. You know that that's going to want to see anybody else. You think that at the end of this month everybody's going to be kind of like, hey, he's really, 
You know, he's he's really turned. I don't think you really here. know until you get to spring anyway. I'm do you think this? You think we all feel this way because there's so many times that there's been guys, and, and not by this staff, over but, your eyes. but even by previous staffs, has been talked about. Hey, this guy's done this. This guy's well, done yeah, that. Because, I mean, like, and then all of a sudden, there's nothing there. Sure. Well, to that point, I mean, I do, and, and this kid has flash, but he hasn't stayed healthy. Uh, I think this is a big spring for tra- for Flowers. Sure. There's there's the there's a there's a safety job opening because I don't think that you can just pencil in Theo automatically for that job. Theo's a candidate for sure. I don't uh, think he is. I I really don't. I I think Theo's a backup, and that's what he is. Okay, but I mean, like he's going to play. Like Jer- these guys can poo poo on him behind the scenes, and he still plays thirty five snaps a game. I mean, because your numbers, you've got to play. Yeah. No. Or at least he has. I mean, he's, if Tyus Fields ascends. You know, I think we'll the one see. that's going to be back there by 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 the fact that he knows the defense and has continued to grow is Jalen McCullough. But I'm already penciling, yeah. penciling him, him in. in. I'm saying yeah. he's. I'm saying who takes Nigel's spot because McCullough started the last two games of the season. Yeah. But I think Flowers is a guy that this staff and and, and Jeremy like likes personally. Uh, can he kind of put it together? You know, this is he, he's had two years where injuries have kind of beset him a little bit. You know that what's his what's his next stage of development? Yeah, I, and again, I think all of us are kind of like, let's let's see some guys. You know what I mean? Let's. It's like it's like everybody wants, and it's, I'm not knocking anybody on the GQ or any fan out there about Harrison Bailey, but let's see it. Like before, well, yeah, I mean, like you, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just one of those things. That I think because of the last, in particular, because of the last ten years, I could rattle off, and I'm not going to do it because I don't want to rip on a bunch of kids. But I could rattle off ten easy names of guys who were supposed to be the next this, that, or the other. They generated all this summer buzz or all this winter buzz, and then they go, yeah. No offense, to Jonathan Congo. You know, and it just, it's just, you know, it doesn't happen. So. Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, we, we've had Aiden. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and again, that's why I'm hesitant about it because I have talked up guys that have not talked. Well, I I think it's a huge. I think it's going to be a huge spring for a guy like Jerome Carvin, who was considered buried, considered buried by this staff, and then he comes back, ends up starting the last however many games of the season. Now everyone's written him off, saying Cade's taking his spot. You're not going to come get it. You know, let's see. Let's let's see if Jerome may hold his spot. He is the. I don't really? want to say that this is going to happen because I, I'm, no, no one has ever said this to me. This is just my personal take, having seen all this for years. Jerome Carvin seems like the perfect candidate for if if things go the way Tennessee hopes they go with Cade wins an appeal and plays the way they hoping hoping to play Trey. That Jerome Carvin's a possibility if they get three or four games in and he ain't playing a whole lot. They, they shut him down because they do think about the fact that Cade's a one and done if he's playing and Trey, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, to me, that that makes sense to me. Um, uh, and, and a minute ago, I wasn't, you know, poo-pooing on Theo Jackson. No, I don't he, he, I've got to see him be More a player. Consistent. Well, I mean, just yeah. he don't make enough plays. And yeah. so, like, I, I think Flowers is a better athlete, so I just think eventually but, athleticism takes over. But the problem is Flowers never made it through four games healthy. Correct. There you go. You know, so I mean, like McCull- McCullough and Theo were very similar to me as far as they're smart type guys. McCullough's probably a little better athlete than Theo, in my opinion, you know, especially in, in run support. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, how they use their safeties, how they grow in year two. I mean, those are all the names. You asked about names. 
the name that, of course, we've not seen enough, but he's flashed enough for me to think that he could really jump as Romel. I, I, I'm a huge fan of that kid. So I'm going to be curious to see. When, well, when he's certainly going to have plenty of opportunities. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that's going to be really interesting with him, too, I'm glad you brought him up, is when you talk about guys whose bodies are going to change, I think Romel Keaton could look vastly different physically over the course of the next four or five months compared to what he did. Because I think that's a guy who could put on 15 or 20 pounds of good weight very easily and become a much more physical guy because he's you know he's kind of a thinner guy. I think I think he's, he's what, shredded though for the, his size. I think yeah. I think what he adds, how much muscle mass, how much bigger he gets, and, and uh, Fitzgerald's you know strength and conditioning deal is is going to be really interesting. And hey, looking at it, you know they you know you're going to have a piece on it coming up about the the wide receiver stuff. I didn't dive into it, but in the in the red zone story I did. You look at it, ten touchdowns thrown. In the red zone, the Jennings and Callaway. Jennings and Callaway caught um, eight of the ten. What are, DWA had one. So that's nine. And um, Palmer had one. Palmer had one. Kentucky. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's nine. It. So nine of your ten are gone. Yeah. So I mean, you, you know, you're you're talking about production areas, and and again, you know, I mentioned this in the piece. I, I think that when you talk about this offense and how it grows from year one to year two. It, to me, it's all about they, they got to be better in the red zone. They were not very good in the red zone. They left a lot of points on the field. They were not a very good passing team in the red zone. They were not a good, very good running team. That's They had more, as many negative yard rushing plays in the red zone, really, as they did anywhere else on the field all season long. So um, that's a key element for the entire offense this spring. We'll have more more content items like that coming up in, in the coming weeks to get you ready for spring practice as well. Hey, by the way, now's the time, if you're a homeowner, you turn your air conditioner on one day, then you turn your heat on the next day. Uh, it's cold today. It'll be sunny again, so your furnace and your air conditioning unit has got all kinds of stuff going on. Here's a chance for you to take advantage of what Blue Water Climate Control can do for you and get a tune-up and just make sure you don't have any issues, you don't have any problems. Um, they, they do a $79 safety inspection tune-up. If they find a problem, they can fix it immediately for you. Um, you know, they'll guarantee through the month of March, they'll give you a discounted rate if, if there's something that breaks after the tune-up. So if you got something going on with your heating unit or you're not, not sure, and again, we're in that time of year where it's air-conditioned one day, heater the next day, you, you need to get your system checked, and you need to get them checked by Blue Water Climate Control. Give them a call at, at 865-299-2290. That's Blue Water Climate Control at 299 299- 2290, or you can visit them online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com or on Twitter at blueh2o underscore climate. I know many people have already taken advantage of what they've got going on um, in this month or in the month of March. Before the end of month, March, you need to take advantage of that as well. Make sure your system is in good shape and up to date with everything with a tune-up. All right, speaking of tuning up, the, the, the basketball team doesn't need a tune-up. They need to rev it up. they got to go at, at breakneck speed here, Rob, when you look at this schedule. They pick up the win over Arkansas. Everybody's got Viscovi being the next, the, the next All-American. Um, Pete Maravich. Did um, they get him going to the draft? But, Pete Maravich. But this was, I mean, that was a that was a must-needed win over a team that's struggling in Arkansas. I don't want to take anything away from what Tennessee did, but the challenges are getting ready to get great, and it starts tomorrow at South Carolina with a Gamecock team that's playing a lot better, and they've been good at home. Yeah, I mean, I, I think since. They're the most improved team in the league over the last month, I think. I mean, some people might say Mississippi State, but they, they've trailed off a little bit uh, with a couple of losses here lately, most recently to, to uh, Ole Miss. And, yeah, talking to Coach Barnes on Thursday, 
Uh, really impressed with, with South Carolina, with, with what they've done, how, how much better they've gotten offensively. Uh, got some freshman guards that it's kind of clicking for a little bit. So, I mean, I think that's going to be a really tough game for Tennessee. Just, you know, I, I, I thought Tennessee played their best game probably in the year, Tuesday night against Arkansas, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't mean to be too skeptical, but I, I just think it's going to be really tough. South Carolina is going to have revenge on their minds. They are, um, I mean, playing really well. And they play better at home than they have on the road. Yeah, Most teams it, it just blew Georgia out on the road. On the road. Yeah. On, on Wednesday night. I mean, yeah. blew them out. Who can figure Georgia out? What a train wreck. Oh, that I think they're easy to figure out. They're not very good. Because yeah. you have to somehow beat Tennessee <laughs> like a drum. Like, waxed them. Yeah. I mean, they've got, but, what? They've got a great player and don't I mean, have Georgia's anything else going on. Two and nine. Two and nine. Two and nine. Yeah. What the – what, what's gotten Bowden out of this slump a little bit? Nine straight games with double digits. He's averaging 15.4 in his last five. I mean, he's – I wouldn't really say he's necessarily out of the slump. I mean, he's still not shooting it great. He was, I mean, he's two of seven. Is he just finding different ways? He's to he's, fi- he's he's getting in, he's getting to the rim more. He's getting to the foul line more, but his shooting stroke is still not there. I mean, he was two of seven from three um, against Arkansas, and that's the first time. I mean, that two of seven is not great, but that's the first time he's made more than one three pointer in a game since Missouri, back on you know the second conference game of the year. So, but I think he's, you know, like like you say, I think I think he's just. Figuring out ways to, to score without hit, without hit, hitting from outside, but it's still not. not excuse me, <clears throat> still not ideal. I thought the interesting thing the other night, was, and I think I'll be interested to see if Rick does it because I think it was because of Arkansas size. But when Jalen Johnson in the starting lineup for the first time, but I think that's all about getting Eves inside because he's clearly, clearly, clearly much better, more comfortable down there. Well, size, I mean, size-wise, I know Arkansas was small, but I mean. They should be able to match up against South Carolina yeah, with Eves at the four. And you know, I mean, and and they came with most teams. I right. think. Well, I mean, the way Eves plays down there, I mean, I don't I mean, even think he's only three or four inches. I mean, he's still easily the SEC and block shots. Yeah, I, I just think that you got to. I think that's home for him. I, I think, agree. I think you get him out. Get him out in the. I mean, the biggest thing that shows up with Eves when he's playing the three is he just he gives up so much dribble penetration. Can't, and he can't handle the ball. Yeah, and you know, when he can't handle the ball offensively and defensively, he has a hard time keeping people in front of him. Yes. You know, whereas when he's playing the four, he can play more help defense unless somebody's straight and he's posting so strong, him up. Even if he's giving away a couple you know, inches, and he can I mean, block he's, shots. He's not, that way. he's not getting pushed around. Yeah, I, I just think I think you neutralize his shot blocking ability when you take him out and play him at the Agreed. three quite a bit. I, and, and getting off the of east, I thought the best thing from Tuesday night was that um, Rick showed some trust and had had his trust rewarded. The two freshmen, Camwa and uh, Devonte, both you know gave them some really productive minutes. And if they're going to have a chance. Any, I mean, a, a snowball's chance in these last three weeks of making the tournament. Both those kids are going to have to be, you know, part, you know, big pieces of the puzzle. I mean, they don't have to score a bunch of points. I mean, even though Olivier had ten, but they've got to they've got to be able to give give guys some breaks. Yeah, I mean, Gaines is one of those deals. I mean, wherever he goes, he goes quickly and he goes really hard. You're just not real sure where it's going to go <laughs> no. at, at times. But I mean, at, you know, defensively. Couple cheap fouls here and there; those are going to be given. But, 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 but he, he, he locked Mason down. Jones yeah. down. I mean, but he guy, doesn't. He doesn't need to handle the ball very much. No, that's he does not, not where he's at right but, now. I mean, Mason but Jones, defensively, he's really good. Mason Jones is leading scorer in the SEC, and Devontae put it on him. Don't you think that the thing that helped there with that is that basically that looked it looked like they looked at Devontae Gaines and said, "Don't let him score," and took away a little bit of some of maybe 
the help stuff and almost simplified the defense a little bit. I'm not saying it was a box of one or anything crazy like that, but his focal point was clearly on stopping totally. the score and, and, and a little less and on the help just and everything else. They switched. I mean, they switched. I mean, bec- because they were playing small, they switched everything. Right. They, except for Fulke. They switched one through four okay. on, on Jones. So it simplified a little bit. Yeah. And um, But don't – Take nothing away from Devonta. No, I mean, no, I, and I'm, I don't. I'm not on the defensive end. I'm not. I mean, I, I mean he I was really good, and, you know, and I think that was a big confidence booster for him and and Cam Wall. All right, let's talk a little bit about Vescovi. And, and all joking aside, obviously he's he's not going to be the player of the year in the conference, as somebody suggested. If he plays this way the rest of the the rest of the year, uh, you've talked about it for a couple of weeks. Coach Barnes has talked about it. Just how remarkable it is on, on what he's accomplished in I, such I a short time. I think it's I think it's fantastic. How much, as you've seen him play every game in person and you see him in practice week to week, how much does it look like the game is slowing down for him? I think, I mean, I don't know if I mean, slowing down is kind of a, a catchphrase that you know you use when, when this kind of stuff. I think he's just getting used to the kind of athleticism and and length that, that he's seeing. On a, you know, not, not to say, I mean, he's playing against some good competition, but not two times a week, you know, for 30-plus minutes a game like he's seeing right now. I think he's getting used to it. And I, I mean, I thought what, where you really saw his growth the other night, and Rick talked about it a little bit post-game, is the way he drove the basketball. Because now, you know, he's played 10 games. Everybody in this league now knows that he can, if you don't get out on him, he's going to knock it down more often than not. So they're crowding him, and he took advantage of him. He drove, he drove to the bucket, you know, five, six times the other night. Got two or three layups, dished it to Eve for a couple dunks. And, I mean, that wasn't something he was doing, you know, three, four games ago. He, he's getting, you know, he's still, you know, he'll, he'll get – Deep and, and you know throw it back over his head every once in a while and and give it away. And but, it leaves his feet. But he still he had but he just had three turnovers the other night with eight assists. I mean all I mean he it's it's just getting so much better and it's I mean it's just remarkable. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. A kid that got dropped in. I mean I bet you he still doesn't know half the stuff they're doing. I mean Rick was Rick told me the other day that like they'll come out of timeout sometimes and like Rick will have told everybody what to do and then Santiago will hang back for a minute and say, all right, coach, now exactly what do you want me to do right here? <laughs> I mean, just like a couple of times a game, yeah. you know, when they come out with like, a dead ball. Okay, I see that, but what is exactly my No, job? exactly, no, exactly <laughs> what do you want me to do. I mean, I bet he doesn't know half the playbook right now. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's, I don't think you could say enough about it. What do you think his upside is? <sighs> I mean, I, I think he can be an all-conference player. I really do. But I, I tell you who you remind, I mean, this is not a perfect comparison. I mean, all these people are talking about Manny Ginobili. He's not that good of an athlete. I mean, how many times you see Manny Ginobili drive down the lane? Jesse, you watch a lot of And hammer it home on somebody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not – he reminds Or get me, hammered and, and still throw one up. He reminds me of Alex Caruso a little bit from Texas A&M a few years ago, who's had a – I mean, he's played in the NBA for several years. Nice – I mean, I think Santiago's probably a better shooter than Caruso was, but just a, you know, heady, real, you know, savvy player. Um I mean, I, th- I, I mean, I think his ceiling is an all-conference player. All, yeah, first team All-SEC. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he blends in and how – and I don't want to skip past what this team has in front of them the next few weeks. But when you, when you throw him, drop him in, and now that you've seen him and you know what Keon Johnson does and you, and you know what you've got with all these parts coming back, how that backcourt looks and how you I can play off of each other. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch gonna be really, Yeah, going to be really interesting to watch them play. But I mean, uh, Keon Johnson for people – I mean, Eve Pons is a big-time athlete. Keon Johnson is just about that level of athlete and a basketball player. Yeah. That's, people are going to – 
people are going to like that. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a very different, very entertaining basketball team a year from now. But before that, they've got plenty of basketball in front of them. Starting they have a chance. with South Carolina. And then, hey, I mean, everything's in front of them. Now, can they take advantage of it against this, the competition that's coming? I've got no idea. I wouldn't think so. But everything is in front of them considering who they have left to play on this schedule. Four the games against stretch here. Kentucky, Auburn. Florida, they they go they got to go two and two. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The question is, minimum. can they you know can they pull off a minimal of two and two, which will not be easy uh, against that stretch of competition that they're going to play. But we'll find out. We'll start with South Carolina in a big game on the road for Tennessee tomorrow. We'll have full coverage of that. That's going to do it for the Blue Water uh, Climate Control Podcast for Jesse Simonton, Austin Price, and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend, everybody.